Humboldt last week. Quick local stories online at HumboldtLastWeek.com, KimKemp.com, and on the radio on 99.1 KISS FM Mondays. Connect on social media for more local content and giveaways. Hey, hope you're feeling good for Time Change Week. Definitely want to sincerely thank Kevin and Michelle for their comments on last week's episode. Part of me thought that sharing my history with ADHD would kind of be shrugged off. So your kindness really gave me a boost. Thank you. And yeah, you can send comments to host at HumboldtLastWeek.com. I want to thank our friends and episode partners. Please do show them some love if you've been enjoying Humboldt last week. That's Cafe Nooner in Eureka. Experience fresh, good food cooked to order at Cafe Nooner in Old Town and Cafe Nooner 2 in Henderson Center, Eureka. Fatalize fresh local ingredients wherever possible. Locally owned and operated by Lorena and Joe Filgus since 2011. Check them out at CafeNooner.com. And Tuya's Escape to Tuya's in Victorian Ferndale for flights of Spanish wine, homemade Mexican food, and vibrant atmosphere. Rooted in food, art, and community, Tuya's is the perfect gathering place for friends, family, and date night. Follow Tuya's on Instagram and visit tuyasferndale.com to learn more. And Bongo Boy Studio, they made a little video promo for this year's Keat TV auction. Features music from Diggin' Dirt, The Gatehouse Well, and The Carmonauts. They've all recorded at Bongo Boy Studio in McKinleyville. Here's a little sample of the promo. Great music comes from you. The great sound comes from Bongo Boy. Yes, it's Bongo Boy Studio in McKinleyville. Record that masterpiece with them. Find them at bongoboystudio.com. Some developments in last year's stabbing death of HSU student DJ Lawson at a party in Arcata. After the stabbing, suspects saw charges dropped due to a lack of evidence. Arcata cops wrapped the investigation up, saying that they have stronger DNA evidence now. Reading this in the Times Standard looks like the case is in the DA's hands. We'll see how that goes. A new novel has characters from Eureka. It's called Annie California. Girl and her family find themselves homeless, and she journals her experience on the road. Annie California by Margaret Kellerman is on Amazon. Put up a link at HumboldtLastWeek.com. NPR National Public Radio ran a story about a Humboldt State professor avoiding the long wait for skin allergy tests here. Her experience at Stanford Health in the Bay Area ended up originally totaling $48,329. She disputed the charges and ultimately paid around 1500 bucks out of pocket. That's up on the Humboldt Last Week Facebook if you want to check it out. The largest heroin seizure in recent Humboldt history. Cops were like, that's dope. Literally, the year-long investigation netted almost nine pounds, $270,000 worth of that stuff. Get that stuff out of here. Only heroin Humboldt wants is the kind that ends in E. You know, admirable ladies are awesome. <laughs> Uber Eats is now available in Humble. It's an app where you order food from participating local restaurants, pay drivers to bring it to you, some uh, restaurants in Eureka and Arcata taking part. Again, Uber Eats, if you're into it. Damn, three high schoolers down in Soham, possibly taken to the hospital after eating pot brownies? Kim Kemp noted reports that a boy was giving these out. A couple girls having a rough time, one puking. Boy was possibly picked up by the cops after the pot brownie incident. That's up at kimkemp.com. Graffiti on the entry signs at HSU and Arcata. Two paintings of a kid behind a fence with the word illegal. Likely a nod to children separating from parents at the Mexican border. It was painted over after a few hours. A 19-year-old HSU student was swept away to sea. 
Kimon Stringer was victim of a sneaker wave at the North Jetty. Professor told the journal the theater student from L.A. could be described as the sweetest person ever. Will we be burger blocked? You've heard In-N-Out might be coming to Eureka. It turns out the possible location near Mr. Fish would need a stoplight. And if Eureka doesn't invest almost half a mil for the light, In-N-Out will be out. Eureka could make the money back relatively quick with the added revenue, though. City Council looking at that this week. More on the Times Standard. I'm definitely lucky to contribute this show to her site. Kim Kemp is wonderful and talented. We know this. The Society of Professional Journalists knows that, too. They gave her the Unsung Hero Award. They say redheaded black belt covers hyperlocal community news and crime stories, which sometimes evolve into much bigger stories. So nice that others recognize her hard work that we see Kim putting in. A recent Arcata High grad died after falling from the 10th floor of an apartment in Minnesota. Investigators believe it was an accident at a Halloween party. Release says 19-year-old Joya Simpson was wanting to study business. Her family wants us to remember her beautiful smile. Messed up. Whoever killed that elk with arrows? Gnarly pictures. This happened up in the Prairie Creek area north of Oric. Suspect didn't even take anything from the elk, so was this maybe sadistic? Of course, hunting in the state park up there is a no-no. The director of The Godfather and winemaker Francis Ford Coppola teamed up with some Sohum guys on a cannabis line. The Humboldt brothers told the Times Standard these three strains will come in a wine bottle-shaped tin. You can keep an eye out for the Growers series in December. Recording this, I see an article from Buck's Report that says HSU alum and now NFL player Alex Kappa might be getting his first chance to play in the regular season against the Panthers. They hope Alex will be a spark on the Tampa Bay offensive line. Maybe by the time you hear this, he'll have played. An evening with Beverly Luff Lynn was shot here. Indie comedy stars Aubrey Plaza, along with former Humboldt Last Week guest Craig Robinson. Can now stream the movie via Amazon, iTunes, and Google Play. Let me know what you think. It's voting week. According to the AP, we now have the largest number of registered voters in California history. More than 19.6 million for midterms. We'll see what happens. Unless the program is somehow brought back from the dead, it was the last home game ever for HSU football in the Redwood Bowl. They lost, but it was a close one. Their last game will be up in Canada next week. Some things to check out this week. Athletic Dancers Palabolus, Monday evening at the Arkley in Eureka. John Craigie on Wednesday evening at the Old Steeple in Ferndale. Joan Baez, Thursday evening at the Arkley in Eureka. Arts Arcada, Friday evening. And Johnny Taylor headlining a stand-up comedy show Saturday night at Savage Henry in Eureka. Okay, so Legal Reefer is obviously changing humble, and joining us is award-winning journalist Kim Kemp, who you probably know has written a thing or two about marijuana. Loved that commenter on your article this week. It's like, it's cannabis, not pot, not marijuana. You're like, Bud, Reefer, I'm writer. You may not take away my synonyms. <laughs> I, I, people are always saying you can only use cannabis. And I'm like, no, cannabis is a beautiful word, but so is marijuana. Yeah, like Bud, Reefer, Ganja. We've all called it a million things. Thesaurus for the win over here. Hat tip for that one. <laughs> that pot brownie incident, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was uh, intense. I wish that officially I could get someone to comment on what happened. 
because uh, I think that it would be better coming from an official source exactly instead of me having to pile things together from teenagers and adults who pass by and saw ambulances and that sort of thing. It's just, um, it's sad that I feel like our community, for whatever reason, still doesn't want to be open about some things. And not that I'm asking the kids' names be revealed or anything, but just be more open about, yes, this happened, and this is how we're addressing it and how we plan to move forward. It's a wonderful way of reassuring parents in the community. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, taking a look at what Legal Weed is doing to Humble, you know, do you want to kind of start with the upsides? Uh, Let's see, the upsides to legal cannabis is, you know, people can actually talk about things. People can come forward and say, um, look, we've got a problem here. Or when robberies and stuff happen, people can, more people are coming forward, certainly not everyone. More people can come forward and say, hey, yeah, this horrible thing happened, and this is how I'm, um, you know, law enforcement, will you please help me with it? And then law enforcement can step forward and help. More and more um, research can be done on it. We can find out if it does have medicinal properties like many people believe. I happen to be one of those who believe it does have medicinal properties. Other positive things, you know, people don't get arrested now as often for growing marijuana. They get code enforcement or abatement, which, while not fun, are vastly better than having your children taken away from you. Yeah, absolutely. There's a whole bunch of other large economies that are going legal. I think that may eventually push us to national legalization. So that could be better banking. And then, you know, tax revenue, like maybe a billion dollars a year in California for tax revenue. Yeah, that's that's good for the state, you know, and then good for the county to get the money. I'm, I'm not sure it's always so good for the people who are trying to make it as small businesses, though. Yeah, yeah, that sort of brings me to the downsides, you know. Yeah, let's talk about the small businesses. Uh, yeah, there's a, a block in Garberville that, you know, there's some stores on either end, but the stores in the middle have all um, closed because economically it's it's very, very hard. Several businesses, I don't want to say it on the record, but off the record, they're down between 40 and 70%. That's huge. That is monstrously huge. Like my friends over at Bongo Boy, you know, they've seen a dip in artists recording music. The uh, Mateel has been trying to get out of debt. You know, you saw that thing about the co-op, right? Uh, yes, I did. I did see that. That was, that's terrible. And then like what, Savage Henry opening up a comedy club because they're having trouble selling magazine ads. It's a lot of people. Yeah, it, it, everybody is is trying to find their way in this new economy, and there's going to be winners and losers, and that's a scary proposition, you know, to know that you might be one of the losers. The Humble Economic Index, which those uh, HSU economic kids put together, they have retail sales down 7% from a month this year compared to a month last year. So it's even showing up on the stuff that's on the record. Employment rates, home sales, hotel occupancy, that's all down after five months. So definitely some room for improvement here. Yeah, in Southern Humboldt, it used to be that you could not find a rental and you um, employers couldn't find workers, and that is not true anymore. Um, it's the other, you know, there's rentals available, not still not lots, but there are rentals available, and there are um, people looking for work as opposed to employers getting angry almost because they just couldn't find anyone willing to work for what was a normal wage. Yeah, and then this sort of, you know, hope for normalcy, like bringing it back to the good old days, I think there's still, you know, some people that have their grip on that maybe, you know, because like how much of our marijuana economy now is still in the black market? There's got to be a significant chunk here in comparison to some other areas in the state. 
Yeah, it would be wonderful. I could give you some sort of percentage. I don't know. Um, and I'm pretty sure that even people who are moving into the white market, into legality, are still trying to keep themselves afloat by selling some on the black market. One foot in, one foot out. Yeah, they're they're trying to be all the way in, but they're not having not finding the market for it. So they're you know selling what they can to keep themselves afloat while they're still looking for places to to move their product legally. There's two to three thousand people who have started the application process, and I can't remember the exact number off the top of my head, but it's less than a thousand who are still pursuing legality, either have it or are in the you know pursuit of it. Yeah, and that's a that's a very small number in comparison to you know an estimated nine to ten thousand illegal grows out there. Yeah. Now, one thing to remember that a lot of people don't really understand is that the bigger growers often have five, ten, sometimes as much as fifteen other grows, and then they have people working for them that run those grows. Is Prop sixty four more favorable to big business? You know, talking in that sense than it is to say mom and pop growers. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I mean. I knew that it would be that way, but I didn't realize it was going to be so much that way. It's really disheartening to watch. One of the things that just happened in Southern Humboldt, um, Redwood Creek and um, Salmon Creek both received uh, inundation of NOVs, Notice of Violation, rural communities along the Salmon Creek and the Redwood Creek watersheds. That said, we believe you're getting cannabis and you're not in the permit process and you need to come into compliance. I have talked to people who are telling me that they're not growing cannabis. And in fact, yesterday I walked the property of a person who's not growing cannabis with the state water board. They took three people, two of them in training, and brought them up from Sacramento to walk around her property, even though they agreed that when she showed them that cannabis is not on my property, it's on the neighbor's property, it's not mine. And they agreed, yes, that's not yours. But then they said, well, those two ponds you have on your property, they appear to be in violation. And I went up there and looked at those ponds. They've been there at least 40 or 50 years. They're not something you could even swim in. They're so small. They've just naturalized. You know, they have grasses and stuff growing out of them, and they don't appear to me in any way to harm anything that I can see, and it certainly wouldn't have been where I started my try to fix the environmental wrongs in the world, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. maybe maybe not perfect, although it looks pretty good to me, but I'm not a, an expert, but they spent the money to have three people get paid to look at her place and one other place, two places. I don't know what the other place looked like. Maybe it was a disaster. But this was what I would think anyone would come out and go, oh, this is such a gorgeous place. How lovely. Not, wow, what did they do environmentally? So, yeah, I mean, maybe change in the way that they regulate, um, you know, environmental issues. Uh, What other things do you think they could change to make Prop 64 better, to make our former economic cash cow a cash cow once again? Uh, I don't think it'll ever be a cash cow again. It might, it might be a nice, you know, I suppose we could build up maybe over time to be the Napa of cannabis. Um, it's a possibility. We certainly have the beauty. That is something that we have that economically we can use along with our cannabis history. I talked with Eureka Police Chief Steve Watson a little bit, and I was kind of wondering, do you want to like maybe riff off his thoughts a little bit? Sure. What did he have to say? 
So, um, you know, I'll do this in chunks. First, he said, you know, California has a long road ahead to stabilization. Says it's estimated that around nine to 10,000 grows in the county are illegal, many of them harming the environment. Yeah, I think that's all fact, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, He says growers aren't going legal because of permitting snags, costs, a drop in value, and not enough resources for oversight. Um... I, the last part, the not enough resources for oversight, I am not sure about. They hit harder this year than I've ever seen them hit. People are dropping out of growing. I think that's something that, um, that hasn't been realized yet by the vast majority of, um, the county, how many people are dropping out. Cause in Southern Humboldt, we're seeing it. We're, you know, we see our neighbors leaving. We see people trying to sell properties. Normally, there's like 30 properties on the market, and there's like 600 properties on the market a month. Well, and then he goes on to say, you know, the upsides to the legal market are things like jobs, economic stimulation, renovation to ready old buildings, say, in Eureka. Um, yeah, I think Eureka's yeah. going to benefit off of it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the downsides continue to be things like teen use, he says, um, going back to our hot brownie mm-hmm. edibles moment, uh, violence, um, human trafficking, public consumption, Odors, proximity to homes, fluctuating property values. Just talking about that. I don't uh, know that teens are using it in any greater amount in Humboldt County. I mean, it, 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 to me, it does not appear to, that marijuana use is any greater than when I was a teenager. And I mean, I, you know, I was here in the 70s. I was a teenager in the late 70s. And, and then, yeah, uh, you know, the last thing that uh, Eureka Police Chief Steve Watson says, talking about stoned driving, that there needs to be a better roadside test for stoned driving. I, I would agree with him. I know people say that when driving while stoned is better than driving while drunk. Well, yeah, but driving while sober is better than either. So that's yeah. my personal yeah. opinion on all this. <laughs> Have you followed this thing about cannabis deliveries much? I know. What about? Tell me about it. So it's interesting. So Prop 64 said cities could say no to recreational marijuana businesses. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, there's this sort of talk of circumventing that by allowing pot deliveries to those cities. Mm-hmm. And, you know, coming to mind is Fortuna and I think maybe even um, Ferndale. They're saying, well, you know, you said that we could disallow cannabis in our city, but then you're going to allow people to deliver it. So and I think they're going to be looking at that even closer next month or maybe deciding on that next month. Like, What do you think about that? Well, I'm, I'm mostly inclined towards people should be able to set their communities to be what their community wants, you know, so the majority of a community can um, decide the values it has. I think that that allows for differences in our culture, which allows for a lot of beauty when we have differences. But um, I find it hard to understand why having cannabis delivered would be problematic for people there. Just off the top of my head, I can't see, you know, I I can see if you don't want to look at it in the field or whatever that you might want to not have it there, although I just, I I don't grasp that because I think it's beautiful and and another agricultural product. But I can sort of see people being allowed to make their choices on what is around their communities. But I don't see how what someone does in the privacy of their own home can affect anyone else. So um, I'm mostly inclined to people being, communities being allowed to set their own values. What do you think is the first step for us, you know, that we could do as a community to step foot in the right direction? I guess I would say that the people of the state of California could be looking at supporting the smallest farmers, 
The smaller farmers are the ones that their money stays in their communities. They use it to support their kids' baseball teams, that sort of stuff. They don't tend to be heading out of town a lot and, you know, buying second vacation houses elsewhere or that sort of thing. I would look less harshly at the small farmers. Why in the world are you coming out and looking at a small farmer's place when the amount of damage they're doing is, you know, driving their vehicle to town? When, you know, the big farmer might have water trucks coming in and heavy equipment and bringing soil scraped from mountaintops somewhere else and cutting down trees and building in flats, why not um, pretty much just give a pass to anyone who's not doing anything that's visible from Google Maps. I mean, that's a little that's a little stretch of things, but I would definitely look like less harshly or less closely at the small rural person and more intensely at people who are doing big operations. All right, Kim. Well, award-winning journalist Kim Kemp, thank you so much for your time. Hey, and congrats on your award. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate that. I'm still kind of stunned. Well, we're just blown away and so thankful for your coverage. So thanks again, Kim. All right. Thanks, Miles. All right. Right now you can head over to HumboldtLastWeek.com to listen, connect, and find new music like Sorrow, Lord Huron, and Drolo and Sim. Samples of new songs there from Sorrow, Lord Huron, and Drolo and Sem. You can go to HumboldtLastWeek.com, click on New Music, and find the whole playlist there. Hey, if you've been liking Humboldt last week, please do support our friends and episode partners, Cafe Nooner with two locations in Eureka, Tuya's Mexican Food in Ferndale, and Bongo Boy Studio in McKinleyville. My name is Miles Cochran. I love Humboldt. Thank you to Kim Kemp and Redheaded Black Belt for supporting the show, as well as 99.1 Kiss FM. Heads up, uh, there'll be no new episode next weekend. That's uh, in observance of Veterans Day. Thank you for your service, vets. Please do get in touch if you want to talk about the show. Thanks for listening. Hope to talk to you soon. Humboldt last week.